0: In today's episode of Small Screen Stories, I'll be interviewing a director who's worked on shows such as The Umbrella Academy, Altered Carbon, The Punisher, and Legion, to name but a few. So sit back and enjoy this very special episode of Small Screen Stories. Hello, welcome back to Small Screen Stories. This is a podcast where I usually go through all the news of the week in the worlds of entertainment and pop culture, and I also review some stuff every now and then. However, things seem to be changing slightly of late as I've been given the opportunity to interview some really interesting creators and directors. This week I got to chat with Jeremy Webb. Jeremy has worked on some of the most popular shows around, he's helmed episodes of The Umbrella Academy, Altered Carbon, The Punisher, Downton Abbey, Runaways, Legion, Fear the Walking Dead, Masters of Sex, Elementary, the list is literally endless. You should go and have a look at his IMDb page because it is very impressive. He was kind enough to take some time to talk to me this week about his career, working with Netflix, and what's going to happen to the entertainment industry once this pandemic is finally over. So without any further ado, here's the conversation I had with Jeremy Webb. So, well, first off, um, I'd like to thank you very much, Jeremy, for agreeing to do this. It's very nice of you. And, um... a- ab-
1: absolute, uh, absolute pleasure, Ed. Uh, as I say, I'll <laughs> be spending quite a lot of time at home. So it's, uh, it's nice to have something in the diary.
0: <laughs> yeah well that, that, that's something that is actually what i wanted to get onto. so i suppose we can start off with that. Is just what's what's it like in the entertainment industry at the moment um after what during this whole coronavirus situation what's what's it like for you uh
1: well it's it's paused i mean uh uh i was it was all going great uh started the year um just sort of uh well the end of the year I was just finishing off um post-production on um uh, the Umbrella Academy season two finale, uh, yeah. which uh, which is uh, coming to Netflix in about eight weeks. It's just yeah. a little plug in there, July thirty first, it uh, dumps onto Netflix. So that's great. Um, Steve Blackman and his team have uh, managed to um, uh, finish off post through, you know, the the wonders of doing kind of remote ADR with cast doing bits of ADR on their iPhone. Yeah. Jeff Russo the composer um being able to record musicians independently in their rooms um but he's done an extraordinary job to to hit the release date for uh for um Umbrella 2. So uh finished off that at the beginning of the year then and then uh, sorry towards the end of last year then went off to uh, Budapest to shoot the finale of uh, Shadow and Bone which is um based on Lee Bardugo's uh um Grishaverse, uh, novels. Yeah. Um which I don't know if you're aware of, has a big following and it's been turned into a an eight part um series for Netflix by the producers of uh, Stranger Things.
2: Mm.
1: And uh with the with um um uh, Eric Heiser the uh showrunning um yeah chap, the chap who uh, obviously adapted um uh, uh Arrival so uh, that was great. Um, finished that and uh, came back from Budapest at the end of uh, February, sensing that things were changing quite rapidly. And then with a, within a week, we were uh, locked down in L.A. Um, with um, anything that I was sort of hoping would, that would, uh, you know, happen later in the year, clearly very paused. And that's happened, obviously, around the world. Um, with uh, Productions being, uh, you know, delayed. I mean, I think for months. Uh, I, I mean, I really don't. I mean, there's a few glimmers of hope with some productions. I was reading something today in Deadline about um, this uh, new Stephen King adaptation of *Children of the Corn* being mm-hmm. shot down in uh, in Australia. Um, has been shooting through through the um, uh, through the pandemic, um, with and, and and having some success at doing it by. Uh, having a band system that with different color codes and and um and only a certain men, people with certain colored bands are allowed access to all areas but it and i think also uh, they quarantined the whole crew for 2 weeks before they started filming and um there are various things that are beginning to be put in place i think by a number of productions to do with testing and isolation obviously everyone wearing masks is obviously keeping the two distance um, thing going on and um, and and slowly productions are beginning to figure out how to do it but uh, one thing's for sure it's all going to take a lot longer and it's all going to cost a lot more money until there's a vaccine
0: yeah because um, I suppose I suppose it's really it's probably even going to change the way you you do things moving forward once the pandemic is Come does come to an end? Do you think it's going to change things on set or the way you think about how what you're
1: shooting? And yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think until there's a vaccine and everyone can have confidence that um, it's safe to be close to each other again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, there are going to be really strict uh, rules put in in place. Um, yeah, and I think and and i think as the industry slowly goes back they will um there will be some mistakes made and people and people will go oh we should be doing that that was a that was stupid why didn't we think of that um, but i think there's a lot of sharing of information happening in the business about how to do it and how to do it um quickly um and how to do it safely yeah uh so i think I think, I mean, obviously things like big crowd sequences can be really hard um, and day players as well, who come in and do a few lines and then go away and, and work on other shows. Perhaps those individuals, you know, characters like that will be written out because mm. um, really you've got to be in a situation where you can isolate people and find a way that they don't bring uh, anything to the set. And then. After the day is done, we have to find a way of restricting their restricting their movements um, after they finish work um or yeah. be confident that they're negative. Uh, uh, I mean one of the ideas that's been banded around is is like a drama camp that's you just isolate everybody and everybody doesn't interact with anybody else apart from the people who are making the project. Now that's easier on a feature film where you have you know a certain period of time and it's just those those that crew, but on a television series,
2: um,
1: it's a lot harder because you've got a lot more people coming in and out, and potentially, yeah, it's it's a much longer run than a feature. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's definitely a lot a lot. I mean, I don't think people have quite figured out how to do intimate scenes yet, and until uh, the people involved in those intimate scenes are completely confident that everyone's safe. Um,
0: it's, it's going to be it's going to be a really strange time moving forward because you've got to, It's just you've got to think about so much more than yeah. you ever did before. So it's um, yeah. I I, I, don't, I I don't know how it's also you've got to think about where you're shooting as well because I know like for features and things a lot of a lot of things were shot in places like China for instance and you think well and the amount of travel that's required to shoot a a movie or a TV show is just is is ludicrous. So how do you get around all that?
1: Yeah. You no, know, it's it's definitely a massive headache. And yeah. I mean, also the nature of insurance as well. Um, yeah. I mean, you're not going to get a major star to sign a waiver saying, um, if I get seriously ill, I'm not going to sue. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: I think so. what's happened in New Zealand, the way they've got around that, is I think the government has underwritten the insurance, um, uh-huh. uh, which has enabled them to figure out Ways for a cast not to have to sign waivers, um, but hey, I don't I mean it, you know it, it, as soon as you start getting into insurance here in the US, uh, I mean that's I I'm not quite sure how that's going to be figured out, but it but it will be figured out, um, it's uh it's just how and when, and there's a there's a, a lot of people cleverer than me that uh, that are kind of thinking about it a lot, yeah, but uh but I think it for my point of view. Um, I mean, I feel as a director, I need to be, you know, I can't sort of not be on set, (laughs) you know, I I, I can't, I I need, I I certainly need to be within two feet, sorry, two meters of an actor when I'm talking about a nuance of a performance or an adjustment that needs to be made. Yeah. Um, So I think ultimately directors are going to have to be part of that, you know, uh, ultra tested, ultra temperature tested members of the crew that, that are, you know, in amongst it but i mm. think we're going to see a reduced amount of crew members i think we're going to see a reduced amount of people who actually are on set um i think you know the great video village setup i think everybody's going to be 2 meters apart i think um uh you know craft services and c- <coughs> catering is going to change rad- radically yeah. i think there'll be hourly um sanitization of of tools um the the bottom line is it's it's going to be uh it's going to take a lot longer and therefore it's going to cost a lot more money whether that means there'll be less shows because the money has to be there's no more money and and it has to be um you know spread further so there therefore there's there's less shows i don't i i, I don't know but then again you've got this huge demand and this all happened in the beginning of this television explosion um so there's such an appetite for more and more shows. They're getting consumed all the time. Yeah. i um, be interesting to see how that all shakes down. I mean, I obviously, mean, uh,
0: I, sorry. I see it. I, I see it on the site. Like the amount of the, the articles we publish on things like being things, being uh, TV shows being delayed gets a, a, a really huge amount of traction because people really do care about it. So for instance, today uh, I think it was the showrunner of uh, Star Trek Picard said that, they're going to have to delay the next season and uh people really care about this so that there's there is definitely demand for it and maybe i was thinking about things like the way the mandalorian's done it's a really interesting way of shooting uh shooting at a tv show now it's basically all done inside yeah isn't it so it's probably a bit more controlled so you might see more of that sort of thing happening
1: yeah, I mean the the jury's out on on what's safer, whether it's inside or outside. I mean, obviously, yeah. with with proper sound stages that are well ventilated, um, um, and, that, and a, a much easier to control, uh, I would say that that's potentially safer than shooting on location. But then, if you have a, so many low budget features, and 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 not just low budget features, but sometimes to do with availability of of sound stages, you end up in a you know in um in more of a warehouse that has been turned into a sound stage do you know what I mean yeah, yeah um so and sometimes the ventilation in those is terrible and they have multiple accesses access into into the space um you know it could be that you're better off shooting location stuff rather than being shut in there for weeks um yeah. so again there's that's there's a sort of big journey of discovery there to figure out i mean my, my hunches you know it, it feels safer outside. Um, but obviously if you've got to do a lot of traveling to get there, a, a long flight, I mean, that, that, that's going to be the big, the big thing here in the U S obviously, cause you know, that there's a lot of, I mean, obviously there's a lot of production in Los Angeles, but the, o- the other production centers offer, um, tax incentives for, mm-hmm. for productions to travel and shoot there, you know, be it Atlanta or New York state or, um, you know, and Canada as well with Toronto and Vancouver, um, productions travel to those places because their money goes a lot further because of the tax rebates. And yeah. that equation needs to be poured into it as well. Are our, our cast and stars happy to do that amount of traveling in, in sealed tubes <laughs> called aeroplanes with yeah. masks on? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's a big puzzle uh, uh, and it'll take a while to figure it out. But I think mine's certainly hoping to get you know back into it towards the end of the year. Um, but um at the moment it's there 's a lot of head scratching going and a lot of planning um mm. but what has been happening is obviously the writers' rooms have have continued writing um so there's a you know there 's a, a lot of content waiting to be put into production, yeah because um, the writers have been very, very busy in their in their virtual rooms
0: um, well, that's that's something they can still do from home. So, so yeah and they have uh,
1: been. yeah and, and yeah. Uh, there's a lot of prep being done on some productions it's just the nature of of how we get those cameras rolling again is um, mm. yeah to be figured out um, so how,
0: how did uh, how did you start because like um you're looking at your uh, your filmography so it's ma- it is mainly television the, yeah, the things of, you've yeah. worked on but um, how did you become involved in things, well, mainly the Netflix stuff you've been doing, so things like um, uh, Altered Carbon and, uh, and the Umbrella Academy? How did that start for you?
1: Um, well, I came to work in the States after uh, being nominated for an, an Emmy for, for Killing Lady Sybil in Downton Abbey, which yes. obviously, obviously makes me very suitable for, uh, for, for, for directing The Punisher um, <laughs> yeah. and, and Altered Carbon. But um but funnily enough, that break to do Downton happened through working on Doctor Who. And uh the first episode of Doctor Who that I did had Hugh Bonneville in it, who'd just uh finished on season two of Downton. Yeah. And uh um he was uh this is a an episode in, in I think in Matt's second season, uh, The Curse of the Black Spot, uh, which had Hugh Bonneville in it and uh he said um you know, we had a good experience together. He said, "Well, I've put your name forward to to go and direct some Downton," and I was a fan. I, I I loved the show. I loved its sort of subtle nuances and, you know, scenes about things that people shouldn't and weren't prepared to say to each other. All the sort of, sort of subtle sub sub subtexts of a of a period drama I thought was quite appealing. So I jumped at the chance, yeah, and um and landed that script. Um, which obviously, you know, had a, a lot of people saw in the states, and um, you know, being being nominated for an Emmy is always a good reason to, it's a, a nice calling card to get around town and get to America. So um, we came out here, and, and uh, you know, a year turned into what do I'm now? We're now year five, and I, uh, you know, was in, was enjoying doing a lot of American period dramas, um, but a. Uh, a producer um, collaborator that I'd been working with at the BBC, Steve Lightfoot, uh, was working on Hannibal, and then worked on um, on The Punisher for Netflix, and uh, he he gave me an episode of um, of The Punisher direct, to, to direct for Netflix, which uh, was a really lovely script, not particularly heavy on uh, on action, but but an opportunity for the for the actors to really shine. And that, um,
0: that episode was the the Judas Goats, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah in season yeah. in season two and sorry, in season one. And um so I continued to be involved in that. Uh and, and hence, you know, um and with Marvel and Netflix while well, that relationship was still going on, which led to doing, you know, more Punisher um and some runaways with Hulu and yeah. um, and, and some Legion with FX. And then and then um I think um Dark Horse uh, I think went went looking at the Marvel director slate, and, and when they were starting to put together a team for the Umbrella Academy, um, and um, and I think because it it it's, it is sort of a bit of a skill set, you're you're doing quite large stuff, you know, stunts and visual effects, and and maybe sort of a, a clever humor. So they they wanted directors that had some kind of track record in that. So I was pulled into that team. Um, uh, and uh, and working with both netflix and and universal Con- content productions um so that's that's how that happened and um that uh, that and then that you know that relationship's continued which has been extremely enjoyable
0: i mean the the i have to say that the <laughs> The series you've worked on I, I have to say they're just some some of the best things i've ever seen you've got stuff like fear the walking dead you mentioned legion the punisher is an incredible show runaways as well i think is a really underrated uh, show not enough people watch that but would you would you say that like do you have a, a directorial style would you say you'd be able to spot a, a jeremy webb episode or is it something that you just have these skills and you, you come in and, and you you basically you're there to kind of do a job
1: um, it's, a, it's a really good question and i think um, i mean i i, I think uh, I, I've sort of proven I can handle a number of different genres um, I, I guess I go into it just trying to in a high, particularly in a high concept show trying to make the that the performance is as, as grounded and 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 as emotional as possible yeah so, so that you um you sort of forget about the not forget but you 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 get you use that that's the priority that draws you in as opposed to the spectacle um i mean the the spectacle obviously is hard and it and it's a background and it's it's the dressing it's the world but it ain't nothing if 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 you don't really care about about the actors and 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 um and and, and really root for them you know, particularly in in a high concept high stakes potentially rather silly <laughs> um, um crisis for these characters yeah and uh, and i and i think I, I think um you know i i really prioritize that as as obviously trying to make it as as exciting as possible Hmm. So I think um, I think a number of producers who I've worked with is, is, will always go, oh, well, uh, yeah, get Jeremy. He'll make it really emotional, um, or and he'll really make you care about those that. Um, yeah, and and I and I, I I like that as opposed to oh he does this really cool lighting, or he does this, you know he can he'll make it super stylish. Um, <clears throat> you know I sort of there are other people within your teams who could help you do that, um, but you're the only person that will really. You know, you're predominantly there to kind of make people root for those characters and the performances. I think that's really where where your main work is, um, particularly you know, particularly in, the, in 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 television where it's 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 pretty fast. You know what I mean? You have to push, yeah. you have to push for some rehearsal time and and maybe take a little bit of extra care in terms of you know making those performances extra special. and 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 keeping your eyes on the on the detail of that
0: um and i suppose i suppose working on on a show like altered carbon that becomes even more important because you know you're working with a character there that can maybe be seen as a bit not lifeless but he's a killer you know and it's to to bring some kind of humanity to that role is quite important i'd imagine
1: yeah I mean obviously we, we, he was he's a, he's a sort of he's still Kovach but um yeah I think you know Macky was it was a different version of him to Joel and uh, yeah definitely and and uh, he brought a sort of um a levity to it and um that perhaps wasn't there in the first season mm. um I, I think he was uh, I mean I, I certainly thought he was um he, you know, he just he he gave it a, 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 some more dimensions, perhaps. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, Joel's an amazing actor, absolutely phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I think um, you know, M- Mackie bought bought some different colours, which helped. Um, and I also think the show was just a lot more easier to understand. <laughs> You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the, the first season was it was so ambitious and, and tried to do so many things um, and and uh, I think it was a good call to make it a simpler a simple sort of story of of a quest for Kel and, and an obsession of Kel and um, and then mm. and then you could you could have some complex ideas surrounding that but you, you, just that quest to track her down held it together do you know what i mean i think it just held yeah. it as a really good kind of through line almost a bit like vertigo you know sort of for this obsession for this woman um that's
0: a really that's a really good uh, parallel actually yeah i didn't think that, about that
1: yeah i kind of held on to that and, and discussed that a little yeah. bit with with the teams and and um i think that's just your sort of through line that, that kind of keeps you hooked in um but uh, yeah i mean i i, I enjoy, really enjoy the high concept stuff, and especially with the ambition of, of doing it relatively quickly and and in a fast turnaround in prep um, but um you know they're they're just pretty pictures without you know really getting, nailing those performances and getting you to care about what's going on um, and I think that's that's really where i I feel i I put a, a lot of my effort.
0: Yeah, well, you can really tell because I suppose for me, like looking at Ultra Carbon, the last seat, the you know season two, um, bury me dead. The episode you directed was, I think it, it really stood it really stood out for me in in that season as being. I, I think that was the standout episode. Uh, I, I wrote a a review about it, and I was just talked oh, about how it was the moment I think where I, it, the show really clicked for me. Because um, I think see, I think you're right. Season one was very ambitious, and it, it it felt it's like there's so much potential there. And I think season two was where it kind of really kind of the it, it the potential shone through. And um and I think that episode in particular was the one that really really stuck with me afterwards. And yeah, um, I think
1: well, we we gave, we gave some we sort of gave some good answers there. We started to answer yeah. questions there, which I think you know um, which I think audiences were waiting for. I think it was also great to to get out of the studio for a bit. Yeah, um, we were up we were up in the um, up in the in Vancouver rainforests and running around in that stuff, and that was and 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 also revisiting some of those extraordinary sets that were built for season one. Um, stronghold sets, which are just extraordinary to, yeah. to film on, and they you know get these extraordinary cranes that are in there and can fly around and do amazing stuff. Um, so yeah, it's great. It was great, but uh, but you um, know the actors really nailed it, and uh, um, yeah, f- thrilled that you that uh, it it uh, entertained entertained you.
0: <laughs> uh, I was wondering, looking looking at your um, the the stuff you've worked on, you've worked with some really just incredible actors, and you talk a lot about how actors are so important to you. Have you, have you ever been starstruck whilst working with somebody? For, for instance, if I was working with Piers Brosnan, I think for me that would be quite a big deal. Um,
1: you get used to them. I mean, obviously yeah. you, you are aware of their work um, and, and your first day, just like any other actor, you um, have to remember also that, that they're very nervous too yeah. despite the work they're, they're done. Particularly if they if they're very good, and I think I think um, I, I, whatever they say, they're, they're always apprehensive and, and wondering about what you're going to say to them and what you, what you're what you're going to ask them to do, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and because every scene is different, every day is different. Um, but but sure, you you are aware of somebody's work, especially if you if you were a real fan, mm. and then you go through the strange process of then getting used to the fact that they're just another person and, and, and obviously a very special person another person who who's looking for or, or may or may not be looking for guidance um and i think all, all you should really try and do is to create an environment for, for any actor to 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 thrive really um and, and and importantly as well not get in the way if they if they're just doing it you know um I don't feel any need to adjust a performance if 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 they're bringing it. Um, you know, sometimes if you if you say too much to an actor, you can uh, you can ruin it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there are times where you you know you feel a need to adjust it in some way, and and obviously the the more famous that person is, perhaps you need to be selective about what language you use, or more importantly, what button to press. To try and get an adjustment that you're after. Mm. It may be, you know, some some actors say to you, say, So do you mean do you want it faster, quicker, slower? You know? Um some, some yeah. will say, What do I really want in this scene? What am I after? What's motivating me? What what um what action verb should I use? You know, am I flirting, attacking, or defending? Yeah. Um so different actors work in different ways. Um, but, uh, Hey, come on. The, the first day that Maggie Smith walks out on, on, um, on your, on your Downton day, uh, you better, be, you better be ready.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can, I can imagine. That. I'm being quite, um,
1: uh, um, but I, I do remember a moment where, uh, she came into a room and, 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 uh, I noticed this is, this is after Sybil had died. She had to come into the room to, um, to be with everybody, and uh, mm. um, the uh, th- there was a moment that I was after. I thought I, I the, she walked in the room and she didn't look at uh, at Sybil's um, husband, Alan. Uh, and um, I, I and I just whispered to her and I and I said, uh, "Alan's Alan's by the window," and she she looked at me and as if to say, and she went she went oh thank you so much and she just thanked me (laughs) because she she realized that that perhaps that that should be the first place that she looked when she came in the room you know and I and I knew I wanted that moment yeah and uh that was that was great where you 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 can just you know and and all it needed that I didn't say I didn't ask for a particular way I wanted her to look and and I just just thought oh she's she just missed that maybe maybe that's useful to her or not mm. um, and, and it was and she maybe she made me know that she was appreciative for that so that was a moment uh, so yeah you can't help but be um you know a little starstruck with a such a national treasure
0: <laughs> and uh, would you i mean do you, you talk a lot about um uh you know your the way you direct but do you, do you have any... I mean, who were your influences? Who were the, the directors that kind of when you first started out, you were like, maybe you want to emulate them or you just liked the way they their movies looked or, or the types of films they worked on or the types of TV shows they did? Was there anyone in particular?
1: Yeah, I was a big genre fan. I mean, I think um, when I was sort of late teens at sixth form, I was messing around with Super 8 cameras and stuff and it was, mm. it was very much the sort of... Um, you know all the things that those um, Duffer Brothers <laughs> are yeah. are, uh, are constantly quoting um, <laughs> in in their in their brilliant show were, were certainly my influences, and I remember making a uh, a Super Eight version of of, of a Halloween ripoff um, because I was just so impressed by the tour de force of John Carpenter's kind of non bloody. But, but um, tension-filled Halloween when I was that age yeah. was, was such a ma- well, it was a huge influence on me. And then obviously, you know, um, Lucas and Spielberg and, and, and Landis with an American wolf in London. That was definitely my, my place. and, I, that, and, and that, that's really where I started. I think my, my love of, of that stuff was, um, was in the sort of rather fantasy grotesque twisted weird amazing emotional beautiful stuff that those guys were making at the time you know and then and then you know you sort of watch the conversation and then you realize you hadn't seen the godfather before and then and then it all sort of grows out from there and then um yeah and then when, when i went to film school i think everybody was that i think i was the only real spielberg fan or, or lucas or Compt or landis fan um amongst my contemporaries they were into sort of a lot more sort of, you know, what I would, you know, much more sort of European. I, w- I was more of, a, of the sort of American influence. So that was great. Then it got expanded again, you know, to Bergman and to Vendez to, to and um, uh, Christoph Kieslowski. And, 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 and that's the great thing. You just get, you get, you see new stuff, you're getting re-inspired again. Um, but it, it, it doesn't surprise me that I'm here doing American genre. Uh, At this point, Um, because I I think everybody that you meet at film school says, Oh, yeah, of course he's doing that. (laughs) He took a long while to get back to doing that after doing a bunch of period dramas. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know why it's so, uh, it's had such a rebirth again of fantasy and and, and genre. It's uh, it's really, it's huge now. And um, I think that's going to be one of the things within you know, this period of time before we get the, the vaccine is, is you know, productions that operate in that genre. It, it's all very detailed and complicated. You know, it's often mm. a lot of people, a lot of departments, lots of special effects, lots of stunts, lots of sets, lots of locations.
0: No, well, I suppose it was, um, I was just, I was going to say that it, you can really tell with what's coming out now, stuff like Stranger Things, that like 80s kind of, movies and stuff are really coming back in a big way like especially as a source of inspiration it's like it's just something that people it seems as though filmmakers and people are being really influenced by them now
1: yeah I don't know why that is I don't know um it definitely feels I mean it feels great for me because that's when I was a teenager you know yeah um and I guess I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess when we were, I mean, we were so sort of, when I I was, you know, very kind of inspired and and had romantic ideas about the 60s when I was 18 or 19. Mm. Maybe it's just that, that, you know, that time where people, uh, especially when things aren't going particularly well in our current time, they just hanker back to a time where things seem simpler. Yeah. and, And more innocent. And, uh, um, maybe it, maybe it's that. Maybe that just happens every twenty years. And we just maybe. go. Well, I, I don't want to be here. I want to be back there because it, it, you know my dad talks about it all the time, and um, I want. know my daughter, who's eighteen, she said, "I think I was born in the wrong era." <laughs> I want, you know, she just uh, talks about how how wonderful that period looked, and uh, yeah. my memories of it were certainly that Were certainly uh, um, pretty pretty great in in. Um, in, in retrospect, um, I remember being in in America in in, in, in about it was 79 and 1980, and um, uh, riding around on, on on bikes at night in sort of Californian suburbs, thinking it was uh, pretty amazing for a, a a British kid to be able to doing this, mm. um, and uh, and now my my 18 year old does it here, which is nice in in Los Angeles. So, and she eventually pinches herself and we're riding around late at night and she says it's dad it's just like stranger things <laughs> <laughs> so
0: you know, it, it does seem as though i mean even just look at the things that um the movies that are being made in within hollywood i mean we're getting a dune remake you know and it's like <laughs> you think okay this is kind of straight like next thing you're going to get an alien remake or well you are getting new alien movies all the time but Mm. It's just—it seems as though Hollywood's a bit obsessed with the '80s, kind of late '70s, at the moment. And often looking back, maybe move, you know—you look back to move forward. People often say so. Maybe it's an element of that as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, we, um, I know that. Uh, um, I think it's—it's—it's uh, it's, going to be two movies, isn't it? The, the uh, yeah, it is.
2: yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully that will come out. That's meant to be coming out this year, but <laughs> we don't know now. I think it all—it
1: kind
2: of all, well, I, uh, all it,
0: relies it, on tenet. I think is what they're they're saying now on the Christopher Nolan movie.
1: Yeah, well, I yeah. mean, I mean, I think the 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 Dune movie is is all is all all shot. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, we were we were in Budapest uh, at the beginning of the year, and a lot of the crew that we worked with on um, on Shadow and Bone um, had been had very recently been working on it um i think they did maybe a couple of pickups in la but um a little bit of additional photography in la hmm. but uh my understanding is that's that's on track to be released um soon-ish i mean there was a big yeah, uh, it's, it's december i think is, is it december now okay so yeah, it's sort of been yeah. pushed a little bit yeah but it's
0: um you just, I mean, it's even like you know the start. You got more Star Wars movies coming out. Well, they've just ended now, but it's like, and also, was it the previous Vinnov film was um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine? So it really seems as though you know Hollywood is 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 looking back at, at what it did in the past and kind of replicating that, but maybe even I don't know, making it slightly better. I've heard a lot of people say that t- Blade Runner twenty forty nine is better than Blade Runner. I, I'm personally, I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: yeah I, I, for me um I, I mean i thought it was it was you know really moody yeah. uh, and and just like the first one was and had some lots of really good ideas in it and um for me it didn't quite work i i, I was I, I it didn't it didn't really work for me if i'm honest but uh, I'm still a fan of the first one um, yeah. but you know i, I think an, an, a noble failure
0: it was I shot did. beautifully, though. No, so, it was extraordinary. You know, extraordinary
1: looking. I yeah. just felt at the end of it, I went. I just felt this voice inside going, "Nah, I didn't really care." <laughs> <laughs> no, and oh, are, oh,
0: are there are there are there any I don't know? Are there any kind of areas like franchises you'd like to be involved with? You know, you talk a lot about Star Wars going on at the moment, especially in the TV world. It seems as though Star Wars is going to explode.
1: Yeah, hey, you know, um would would of course love love to get involved in uh, in in some of that stuff. Um yeah. yeah. I would love to get involved in the in the new reboot of Battlestar. Um Oh yeah, that's coming out soon, isn't it? Yeah. yeah that's uh, uh that's that, that's uh I don't know where that is, but it's the um Mr. Robot um mm. uh Shona, who's behind that. His name escapes uh, escapes me at the moment. But um uh, I'm to see. Very interested to see what they do with that.
0: Yeah, and um, I mean, you, I suppose maybe you could ask. I don't know, John Favreau for for a favor or something.
1: something like yeah, I don't live next to him anymore. But uh, oh, really? Um, no, no. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting having him living next door for a while. But uh, no, um, we've we've, we've moved. So, uh, <laughs> okay. We're we've moved a little bit further away. Oh, okay, uh, he's you uh, he must be super busy at the moment. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that um, I think Mandal uh, I think um, m- clearly the Mandalorian has been a, a massive success with his yeah. baby with his baby Yoda and everything. Oh yeah. Are, Are, mean, you, the, a fan? Are you
0: a fan? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I've written a lot about the Mandalorian. I, I would say um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the last two episodes so Taika Waititi's episodes I thought were fantastic but um everything before that I felt it was too fan servicey to be honest I was a bit Mm -hmm. like and now all the news that's coming out of Mandalorian season two it just looks like they're going to go down that route even more you know bringing Boba Fett back and all that business so I mean who knows I think it's a wonderfully shot um the tv show and i want it to be really good i'm, I'm particularly interested of, to see what they're going to do with the kenobi series because um i really like um deborah chow and what she's done
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um i'm interested to see where she takes that
1: yeah yeah no it's um I, I, have they actually have they actually started no but they, they haven't started shooting there have they
0: they were going to but then it kind of went on well I suppose lockdown happened so I think they were reworking the scripts I think that's that's that that's the rumor (laughs) going around.
1: I don't really know yeah because it's sort of been on and off and on and off for a while at one point shelved one point nearly cancelled anyway but it's good to know that uh yeah they'll be getting back into that again
0: um I think I think so I think I think that'll be that'll be coming out Pretty soon, but I think they're looking at 2021. Like, and I mean, with with the coronavirus lockdown, uh, you know, situation going on, who knows when stuff's going to come out? But I think the TV world's—I have—I mean, I get the impression that they're going to try and get things back into gear pretty quickly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But you're better. You you could answer that better than me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I um, you know, um, obviously as is, as is, we're we're sort of hoping that uh we get a third season of the umbrella camera the umbrella academy which is is, um highly likely uh i I think and and obviously some scripts have been written and and um, i'm very much hooked into to being involved in that again and and interested in doing that so the conversations that i have are you know if this happens and we figure this out I mean it's a lot of if if, if but we're, we're certainly yeah. hoping to um, subject to being renewed be getting into that you know in the fall uh, in the autumn time um, so
0: I mean what what are the conversations like for that so do, do you is it mainly I suppose it's Netflix really just gauging what the interest is with it and then seeing whether they want to do it and uh, yeah
1: I mean I, I mean I think because the first season was Was, uh, it was huge, very, very successful. I think, yeah. Um, uh, and and and, uh, I think season two is even better. Mm. Um, I think there's there's a strong chance. So I think they always they start to put things in place quite early on, um, so we can get ahead of the game. So I think there's a certain amount of investment that goes into getting ready for a third season on any show. Yeah. Um, especially with with a giant like Netflix uh obviously, the pandemic then throws up a whole you other you know a whole bunch of stuff that needs to be solved but you know they they still are huge supporters of the show and um things need to continue you know um and and there's great appetite for it so uh, at at this stage it's a it's about you know figuring out you know if it's i mean there are there are plans in place mm mm-hmm. In a process in place um, to be ready once the order has been given. I
0: mean, what's what's really interesting about the Umbrella Academy? Uh, my my family they live in France, and just seeing how popular that show was in kind of Europe as opposed to kind of Anglo-Saxon regions. Let's say it yeah. seems as though it was it, it really was popular in in places like France, in Europe, in Spain, in Italy. And now I, I think. I don't know, maybe it's because it's kind of almost like a I don't know, more kind of adult version of X Men, maybe it's like it's it's quite a wide it has quite a wide audience.
1: Yeah, it's a big international show. I mean the last conversation yeah. I had with um with, with Steve Blackman was uh we've done well, but at the moment there's a, a logjam of shows trying to get dubbed into different languages before they can be released onto Netflix and we're one of them. Okay. <laughs> so uh that hurdle somehow has appeared to have been uh crossed uh, after yesterday's announcement um yeah. so that because so, uh, he was he was concerned that perhaps it would it would be you know delayed even further um but uh yeah that was great to see yesterday that announcement coming out that uh, we were going to hit the end of July otherwise it was all going to be pushed even further so
0: um, it, was, it was a really good announcement. Yeah. It's very it was very imaginative. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great.
1: I thought it was because yeah. uh, the reality is that those were probably all shot on the car's iPhones. Yeah. Um, you know, with 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 probably little little sort of um, selfie sticks to kind of get the camera further up, and who knows mm. how they did it. But uh, it's just just one of those things where simple is better, isn't it? And and yeah. played perfectly into what everyone's going through, and and the track just had a new meaning, didn't it?
0: Yeah, it did. It was very playful, yeah. I think. It was,
1: no, yeah. it was great. It's uh, it's fun making that stuff, you know. Um they're, they're a really great cast to work with and 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 a, you know, able to do anything both sort of dramatically or comedically. It's it's a very yeah. rewarding show to work on. And it's a lovely, it's uh, a lovely team.
0: It's an incredible cast, I have to say, just looking at it, you got you know, Ellen Page, Tom Hooper, Robert Sheehan, Aidan Gallagher, it's like just yeah. Mary J. Blige in the first season. I don't yeah. she's not she's not in the second season, is she? Uh
1: is that official? I don't know. I can't tell. I don't know, I, I don't know what I um I, um I can't answer that one. <laughs>
0: okay, that's fine. I don't know whether I'm
1: allowed to. But it's um,
0: also it was really nice to see Cameron Britton in it as well because I think as just watching Mindhunter and things like that, she's so you know he's so, yeah,
1: he's so
0: good.
1: He? Yeah. Yeah, he's At so it. good. Yeah, he's uh he is a delightful guy and um, uh, we had a lot of fun doing those sort yeah. of fight, those fight scenes he, he falls over extremely well <laughs> uh, he's, he's toppled to the ground see, it's very easy, yeah extremely yeah extremely uh talented performer great to work with yeah. so yeah. i suppose
0: maybe this is gonna, like the last question just to, to round it off because i'm sure you've got stuff to do today but um what's next So you got you got uh, the Umbrella Academy. So you you know season two is coming out. Hopefully season three is coming out. But then you've got um, a couple of other things in the
2: pipeline. Well,
1: Shadow Shadow and Bone is currently uh, in in post production, and that's I think the plan for that is to be released at the end of the year. Yeah, Um, and that's an eight parter, and uh, it's um, yeah, it's got a a really exciting uh, bunch of um, new. British actors in it um uh and it's pretty much an entirely British cast it was all shot in Budapest um and uh so yeah did the finale of that so that's going to be dropping at the um, well depending on yeah we got it all shot before this happened so I think it should probably hold its slot and I think it should be uh, dropping towards the end of the year um
0: and what what, what network's that on is that uh... that's for Netflix that's
1: for Netflix uh, okay it's made by um uh, Sean Levy's company uh, Ah, yes uh, the, and so that's Dan Levine and Dan Cohen as well who are the, the stranger things producers okay. um so that drops towards the end of the year and then um um and then I'm sort of hoping to be sliding into uh um pre-production of um of um Umbrella Academy 3 when uh, when this all um, you know, as soon as the pandemic allows us to is, is yeah. the next is, uh, is hopefully the, the next thing subject to it being, being renewed. Um, and I
0: know, I know I said that that was the last question, but I do have one last yeah, question. I true. ask, I ask oh, all, all right. filmmakers. Um, it's just interesting to see, uh, to hit what's the last movie you watched.
1: Um, I watched, um, last night I watched with my wife and two daughters um late night
0: oh that yeah that is it's really good isn't it late night
1: yeah i i i I liked it a lot um, yeah. I found it um i think the tricky thing is when you're doing a show about um, stand up comedians it's always the tricky bit is it, the the stand up that everybody yeah, laughs that, at that's that's hard <laughs> it really has to make you laugh yeah otherwise it it doesn't really land, do you know what I mean? Mm. so like your funniest jokes or because you just feel it just feels contrived and and I think that mm. was my greatest c- criticism of it, that the moments where the obviously natural trevor amazing Emma Thompson, which I adore yeah. um i I felt no, it's not funny <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a because I, I think I, I I do know what you mean because it's like when you're watching it it's more, you're more watching it for kind of Emma Thompson, the story as yes. opposed to the, the, the standout is, it's Mindy was, Kaling, which, isn't it? Which it, was, it,
1: yeah, it was, yeah. Which is really strong. Yeah. Uh, it's a, I mean, it's a, a, a really good, probably not a big screen movie, but a really good Amazon movie.
0: Yeah. It was, um, it was bought by Amazon. Yeah. yeah
1: um, and, um, but I think it's a, I think it's a problem when, mm. um, when that stuff doesn't quite, it's really, I mean, and it's really hard. Um, I think,
0: I think the only time I've ever seen it done well was probably The Marvellous Mrs. Maisel.
1: Yes, I completely the,
0: agree. The stand-up really does work.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I wanted I think I think wanted better writing for that stuff. Whereas mm. I thought the sort of interpersonal scenes were really nicely done and really nicely played. I mean, it was very sort of simply done, yeah. you know, photographically and everything, but I didn't think it needed, it, the story didn't need much more than that. Hmm.
0: Um I know I know what you mean. It's like when you're watching someone do stand up in the movie, it can't it just can be so cringe. <laughs> you just sit there and you think, Oh no, it's not really that funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've felt that a few times.
2: Yeah.
1: Um and uh and the other thing I I, I would, obviously with this pandemic we're doing a lot of films that I know that I feel I can watch with two te- you know, my wife and two teenagers, uh, so it's not, you know, nothing for a sixteen year old, well, fifteen year old and an eighteen year old. Um I tell you what I also thought was, was really smartly written it was um was long shot.
0: Oh yeah, it's good, isn't it? Long <laughs> yeah, shot.
1: Yeah, it's a nice yeah. it's uh, and and really classy, um I think in terms the playing of it between um Charlies and and uh Seth Rogan. Seth was just
0: Yeah. It's it's interesting that I, I just really like seeing uh Charlie's do lots of different things. So I, I think my my wife and I watched um we we watched that film recently as well and we just watched Bombshell right and seeing seeing her do go from Bombshell to long Shot is it's just completely crazy I think she she takes some really interesting roles and uh, it's like one one of the reasons why I think she's one of one of the one of Hollywood's best at the moment
1: yeah yeah she's she's super smart and yeah. and, uh, and uh you know really. Savvy, you know, really excellent producer as well. Yeah, she's good. Uh, but producer, but yeah. she can really do sort of slightly edgy. I mean, the lines that she says when she says, you know, you know, goes on all fours on her bed and says to Seth what <laughs> what she would like him to do to her was just brilliant, yeah. absolutely hilarious. <laughs> you know, in <Yeah. laughs> his face, I just you know, and then and yeah. then and and but she can also do bombshell. Yeah
0: and and right. mad max fury road as well right, <laughs> you think
1: right. there's literally yeah. nothing she can't do so yeah so so versatile
0: but um it's uh, uh, uh well i think i think we're going to do one one last plug i think is uh just make sure basically what what would you what would you plug i suppose is the last the last thing out of everything you've done if you say there's one thing you need to watch a jeremy webb episode what, what's your favorite
1: Oh, it, it just—it's got to be the uh, the season finale of Umbrella Academy* season two. Ah,
0: <laughs> well done! Thank you very much, Jeremy. Dro-
1: dropping, yeah. onto Net- dropping onto Netflix, six uh, the thirty first of July. Yes. Uh, yes, you 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 won't be disappointed. It's it's better than season one.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much for taking the time to talking with me, Jeremy. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure, Ed. So there you have it. That was my conversation with Jeremy Webb. He was lovely and thank you so much to him for taking the time to talk to me. It was really kind of him. It's really interesting to get to talk to someone that's directed so much great stuff. He's directed episodes of TV shows that are on Netflix that are, that are just fantastic. You look, you have to look at The Umbrella Academy. It's, it's really good. Altered Carbon season two is fantastic. I'm really excited to see The Umbrella Academy season three. He's got a whole load of other stuff coming out soon as well and it sounds like... It's gonna be exciting times ahead for Jeremy Webb. And um, also if you, I mean, you probably watched his episodes, the episode he did on Downton Abbey, which was nominated for an Emmy. I really, I'd highly recommend you watch that because it's a very special episode. And he's also directed some episodes of Doctor Who, Merlin, shows like that. So he's he's done a lot of stuff and and it's very varied stuff and all really good. And it's just, it's lovely to talk to him and it's very kind of him to talk to us and hopefully we'll get to talk to him again. And that was it. That's that's it. I'm, well, we merely scratched the surface of, uh, of Jeremy Webb's career and all the things that's going on at the moment with the coronavirus situation. But please go and check out Small Screen, which is at www.small-screen.co.uk for even more pop culture news, features and reviews. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Small Screen GB. And thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you back here same time next week. Thanks again, guys. And goodbye.